Susie. Happy days are here again. Aha, uh-huh, they sure are. It's starting to look like summer outside. I ain't yes. got no work. I ain't got oh no school. God. She's unemployed. <laughs> and my drawers are getting organized, people. <laughs> that is so fun. I was just having a conversation with myself. This is episode 328. And I was thinking of like, what really, what do I enjoy doing? And one of the things is organizing my house. Oh, it's like the best. And now Does that, that count as a hobby though? <sighs> Can it be? Mm, well. Come on. It I brings mean, me joy. It could be. I think, why not? I think more yeah. than anything, it does that thing that we were talking about a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode, about how it puts your brain on like autopilot so that you could do mm. other thinking. Good point. So really good for us. Yes, I agree. Because I do it in silence. I don't have music on Same, 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 same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. And so maybe soothing. there's Yeah, and there's something about, you know, like organizing a drawer. You, you don't have to think too much. You know, yeah, it's like right. pretty basic. Put the shapes together. <laughs> put, sort them by, you know, whatever the... I don't know, subject matter, whatever you do. Do you think that people that, you know how some people are just kind of naturally sloppy? Ugh, do you think yes, that... Yes, I do. <laughs> do you think that they're usually just laid back and they're not bothered by stuff? Or do you think it's a reflection of their inner mind? Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't I judge do... either way. I'm just curious. Do you, have, do you see... People who are highly, like, I would like to know mm-hmm. what the organizational just habits of people who mm-hmm. are in, you know, the highest earning or like, you know, have the best jobs and are like the smartest out there. Well, I know for sure that academics are often very disorganized. Yeah, that's true. And then I think of all those like agents, like those old school New York agents who like, (laughs) who have that like teeny tiny office, you open it up and just like stacks of paper to the ceiling. It's like Joey Tribbiani's agent. Yes, exactly. That is what I think. (laughs) Right. I don't know and how successful Joey Tribbiani's agent was. True. But the scholars, they're very productive. They're super bright, but they prefer kind of chaos a bit. Yeah, but I then... I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's very, you know, it's very specific. You're in your limited world that where you, you know, maybe a lot of times our academics aren't finding like huge financial success. Maybe in order to... <laughs> oh, that's for sure. You know, oh, I'm sorry to break it to all the academics out there, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe in order to, like, I look at somebody like Ariana Huffington, there's no way her drawers are not full, like, neat. Yeah, or Oprah. Oprah definitely has folded drawers. (laughs) Right. You know, so maybe, like, I don't know. I wonder, though, what causes what, you know? Yeah. What the causation is. Good point. So maybe it's all just type A people who, like, need it to be like that. And we're all just driving ourselves crazy. In fact, my (laughs) therapist was the one who told me that, like, prescribed me dirty dishes in the sink. Oh, oh, no. She was like, just leave them. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I can't do that. I know. It's hard. Ugh. Well, her first suggestion was lazy wrapping of Christmas presents. Like, don't put any (gasps) effort in. And I was like, (gasps) that's cruel. Because you're super into that. Right. She's like, that's not what matters. And just try, but I get the point she was trying to make. And I did do the no wash, like, just (laughs) leave the the mess. 
I was like, I, I get it, but I can't do it. So. Oh my God. We should take a poll. Have Dahlia yeah. take a poll on Twitter about like tidiness versus, I don't know, There's orderliness versus mess and what people prefer. And then, but some people, like you and I enjoy cleaning up. I really do. The mess. And I go mm-hmm. crazy if it's not clean. More oh. like Monica Geller. There's yes. so much Friends reference. Oh my God, so on. many. So much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well, Suze. I do so have an glad. update. I've been thinking a lot about um, the, she's a gene, like we're genius and she. Oh, yes. Remember yes. how we talked about that? Yes. So I've been, So we said, yes, we yes, said yes. It, the theory was that people tend to not use the word genius for women. Yes. Okay. Correct. And What's your thought? I've been listening to people say that word in reference to women. Like when, oh, when that's talk great. About women. But they, don't get too excited, Suze. Oh. <laughs> this is what they say. That's a genius idea. Yep. Good I, without exception. Observation. Without exception, mm-hmm. that's what I've heard. Oh my gosh, that's a genius idea. Not she's a genius. You're a genius. <gasps> I heard okay. like three or four people enough to where I started taking notes in my phone and texting myself when I heard this. Three times. Sarah, that's And then one that I didn't write down. I hope people pay attention in their own lives and see if that is consistent with what they find. And then I found myself doing it. I said, oh, no. oh my God, that is a genius. What was I doing? What was it about? Oh, I don't know. But that I do have sucks. a genius idea that I want to share. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is what I was thinking of too when I was, uh, um, there is a school, I mean, it's super simple. So I can't believe nobody thought about this before. There is a school uh, where they're taking the leftover food from cafeteria lunches and mm-hmm. boxing them up as like almost like those HelloFresh or like whatever those prepackaged ready-made meals to go and sending them home with kids on the weekends. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And I love that they're doing several things that are good. They're they're preventing waste. Yes. And they're helping people not starve to death. Yeah, isn't that a great idea? Love it. Yep, like, I love is, stuff like that. That is so smart. It's mm-hmm. the Elkhart, I'm into the that. Elkhart School District of Indiana, and they just da- salvage their wasted foods and package them up to take home on the weekends. It seems like a freaking no-brainer. I love that. See, oh, you're into good news lately. <laughs> I sure am. There's just so much out there. We have to read that to, like, you know, counter all the bullshit out there. Well, you're reminding me to remind our listeners that HelloFresh is awesome. And if you guys haven't tried it yet, you should try it because it's really easy. It makes home-cooked meals doable because they package, as Sarah said, they send you a box of food um, with dry ice and everything's fresh. And you can, there's a recipe. You can make the meal with your family. It's so easy and convenient. You don't have to go to the store. You can choose between classic veggie and family plans for your uh, meals. And then you get to cook with your family. So it's still home cooked, but without all the bad parts of like shopping and dealing with figuring out what the recipe is going to be. So it's just really nice for people that are busy, which is all of us. Yep. And they gave our listeners a deal um, for a total of $80 off. That's $20 off your first four boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy80 and enter BrainCandy80 at checkout. I did this for my mom for Mother's Day, and she's so excited. 
um, and is using them. And it's like, she thinks she's like queen now. Um, <laughs> and again, that's $80 off. That's uh, $20 off your first four boxes by visiting hellofresh.com slash braincandy80 and entering our code braincandy80. I didn't even um, know that was our sponsor. I know. I know. When that you was like it up, a I'm crazy like, well. segue that I like, how do I even know that? <laughs> that I just worked out legit great. wanted to talk about a genius idea. I'm so glad you did. But I mean, it is a genius idea and as is, you know, HelloFresh in general, yeah, but there you go. I love that. They're helping people. Yes. Do you remember when you, I had texted you something and I said, remind me to talk about yes. this. And then you said, what was my thing? I am going to look in our text message chain because that is exactly <laughs> what reminded me about the uh, genius thing because I wrote to yes. you back and I was like, yeah, you have to remind me to talk about the genius thing. But Which here's the I problem with us. We I found have, it. I found it. Oh, okay. I was like, we have so many text messages that <laughs> I can't the, find the, it. The, I wanted to do an update about you, the battle axe oh, theory. Oh, yes. Tell okay, me. So Sarah had said that she would hear her husband using the term battle axe to describe women in business who are like hard asses. Yeah. And you pointed out to him that he doesn't use that for men. And I don't really ever hear that word. So I couldn't say whether I agree with your theory or not. And then the other day we were driving and we saw this old lady, this like rough and tumble lady driving. And Adam was like, look at that battle axe. <gasps> uh, uh-huh. See, <laughs> and I totally said, oh my God, okay. Break that what, down for me. Have you ever used that word about a man? Is that gender neutral or is typically applied to women he said oh it's always women he agrees with you there you go what the actual heck is that about where did that come from that's the thing i think we need to explore the origin in order to know why it is attributed to women because i wouldn't have expected that Hmm. there's gotta be a historical reference or, yes, or like some it must sort of come literary, literary reference or something like that, right? Right, but like, how did you pick up on that? That's so brilliant. Oh, You're a genius. To... Oh, thank you, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, how did you pick up on that? Because I just kept on hearing him say it, and it it it's it sounded like one of those where. I don't know. I'm just really aware of gendered language in his mm-hmm. world because there are so few females. Yeah. And I think in my world where it is so, um, you know, female dominant, this at my industry, that I, I don't hear those words. So I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I pick up on it. And I can always tell when he's talking to a female or a male on the phone. Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, man, I wish that weren't a thing, but it is a thing. And everybody yeah, is and like that. Yeah, and not just for him. No, it's yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I can mm-hmm. always tell when the person on the other end, I'm like, man. We cannot help ourselves. And I still don't know what to start a GD email with besides I'm just writing to dot, dot, dot. I know. I can't figure out what the hell, how to write an email. Well, I remember when we first explored this idea of women using the word just too much when they say, oh, I'm just writing you or I just need some help with this to, to make their requests seem smaller or whatever. Yeah. I had said, why do we always act like the male method, which is to just sort of spit it out. Oh, is the right is one? Superior, yeah, yeah. good point. Maybe we should do it like that. Maybe they should be using just. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. 
Instead of policing my own language and saying, well, I shouldn't word it like this because men don't do it. Why aren't we asking men to be softer and, Mm -hmm. you know, make more qualifications in their emails? Let's do that. Yeah, I agree. Because that's the same argument a lot of people use about the word like and also vocal fry to say just because basically we don't like it because women tend to be the ones that do it. Ew, ew, ew. I have to disagree, though, about the like one because I understand their point, but I really hate the overuse. And, and I have so, to disagree with the Volker Fry one to you, too, because I freaking hate it. Well, I read this article that was saying how nobody talks about how Howard Stern has really bad vocal fry. Oh, I'm going to have to hear him again. It's almost like it doesn't bother us when men do it. <gasps> okay, I'm going to have to listen for this. <laughs> Right. Oh, you know what's so funny? Speaking of male, like, and and speaking and tone and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Landon gave me, as you know, Suze, because you were there. Uh, Landon mm-hmm. gave me a little speech. Did a little speech at my graduation party, and then he some. I don't know if he sent it to somebody or he was watching it, but he watched back the video back of him speaking, and he was okay. like, "Oh my god, I have such." a feminine <laughs> accent. Yes. Mm-hmm. He couldn't believe it. I'm like, you don't know that that's how you talk? I'm like, <laughs> that, that, that is the only way you talk. And I think that's that for the first time, he heard himself talk like that. Really? Yeah. And I was like, Wonder you should have heard the first about- voicemail you left on my answering machine when we first started dating. I was really questioning your... Can you recreate it? Hi, Sarah. I'm just trying to tell you that I'm really excited about our date and I'm going to be picking you up and I'm going to make sure it's extra special and blah, 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 blah. And yes. And it's really cute. And I love when he talks to me like that. It's like my favorite thing. Like, yes. Well, when he discovered gentle, when he saw it in his speech, did he regret it or he just noticed it and he was neutral? He noticed it and it was neutral. He was just like, oh my God, that, that is okay. I see that now. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so yeah, too. Yeah, he has a, um, like, I don't know if I'd call it a feminine speech pattern, but it's sing-songy. It's to- sing-songy. That's it. And you know what? So do I. When I get up in, like, performance mode, I do the same thing. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just animated instead yeah. of monotone. Yeah, and everybody likes it. I welcome it. It's yeah, kind of like it. James, uh, uh, what's his name? Corbin, Co- the guy on, um, <laughs> yeah, on, go- yeah, right? Yeah. He's the English guy? Yeah. He's straight. Yes, uh, but yes, people often think that he has a feminine quality to yeah. him. Yeah, and that's like my mm-hmm. husband. And he is the yeah, manliest I man I know. <laughs> He's all man. He's all man. I love you, honey. <laughs> just Um, in case he's listening (laughs) right i'm about to head out on an 18 day road trip with this guy i gotta keep him in good graces keep myself in good graces yeah well stay on whatever uh, that phrase is if he is uh listening he will be happy to know that you just got a special product called omax o shot (gasps) yeah oh yeah as soon as i tried it Everything. It is lovely. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tell me about the experience. Well, I tried it. Well, first of all, I had to do it like by myself first, like just try yeah, it yeah, because I didn't, I yeah. wanted to make sure, you know. It's like when they tell you to put like a product on a small part of your yes. clothing to test it. Totally. It's just like yeah. that. So I had to try it out real. And it's like subtle. It's not mm-hmm. intense and overwhelming. It's like, it just like lights you up a bit. Just so you guys know, it's um, it's basic. It's an O-Shot CBD arousal oil, and we found out that this is supposedly going to give you stimulation and circulation to your lady parts, but not that crazy, like yeah. hot and cold, yeah, overload sensory experience. And you're confirming to me that that is what you experienced. Yes, yes, yes. exactly okay, that. Cause I don't want yeah. that, and that's what Landon said. Landon was like, "Cause I was telling him about it, and he's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want anything that's going to be like burning.' So I yes. tried it first, and I was like, "Oh no, this is lovely. Come over here, honey. <laughs> come up, come to mama. Yeah. So it contains eight natural bot- botanicals that provide a sensory tingling and promote multiple physiological effects, but not that thing where it's too much, which is what I don't like. I want the um, word multiple used in." Any sentence about <laughs> my Sex. sexual enjoyments. Yeah, man, you just put put that a couple pumps of that on your area and let the fun begin. Yeah, don't um, ignore the uh, the other areas. Yeah, that wherever you want it. Yeah, That's good point. Yes, whether you're single or looking to spice up your relationship with a more satisfying sexual experience. Every woman can benefit from a more enjoyable orgasmic experience. Well, that's for sure. Yep. Omax Osha comes to the rescue and provides heightened sexual sensations, which give you the instant and long-lasting satisfaction you're looking for. And it's 100% safe and natural. Remember to go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code BRAINCANDY to take advantage of the savings. Incredible savings. That's omaxhealth.com and enter code brain candy to get 20% off O-Shot and all the other O-Max products. So that's fine. Wow. Thanks for testing that, Sarah. Yo, you're welcome. Now I'll dive in. <laughs> you're welcome. You're just doing the Lord's work yep, over there. You know, just take one for the team over here. <clears throat> so I saw a documentary I wanted to tell you about. Oh, I love a doc. Tell me. Last week you had said, have you seen any good movies? And I thought, I better watch some so I can report to good, Sarah. Good, I do need that. On Netflix, there's a documentary, and I think it, I think it's called Lion Remastered, and then it's like the Lion Sleeps Tonight story about the song "The Lion Sleeps Tonight." Oh, one of the first is, songs you know, I learned on the ukulele. Yes, I mean, and it's such a fun song. Everybody knows it. Which is your favorite part? Yeah, I was gonna say. Is that your <laughs> favorite do part? Do the falsetto? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but. I had no idea that there was even a story to be told. And that's why we love documentaries so much is because the storytelling is incredible. And basically, um, the song originated in Africa. Um, a singer there recorded it. It was improv- improvisational, um, but oh, they cool. have the recording of it. And they had done a bunch of them and then with the Weem Away. And then, but they called it Mdube, I believe is how they pronounced it, Umdube instead of um, Weemaway. Mm. And then at the end, he the last take, he was like just trying something different, and he added that part we all know. <laughs> and um, it's really fun to hear, but then 
basically just like every other story in the world. Oh no, white people. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, freaking white people. White people swooped in and decided to create a similar song, and that's how Weem Away came to be. And then eventually, Lion Sleeps Tonight by the Tokens, and and then after that, it's of a course, white person who sings that song. Like yes. The, oh God, I did not know that. Uh huh. Yeah. And then after that, of course, Disney used it in Lion King. So that's when it really blew up and it's in the musical as well. And so they're telling the story of the person that really wrote it and his family and how they did not um, profit from this multi-million dollar hit. And, And then what goes into that and all the lawsuits and who's who deserves the money. It's such an interesting story. And it that just stuff just yeah makes me mad. Yeah, they eventually did win a lawsuit, but it was kind. Of, remember how a few weeks ago we talked about when the Kenyan marathoners win all that yep. money? Yeah, and there's no context or frame of reference or education about what how long it will last and budgeting and stuff because it's just not what they were used to financially. Yeah, and um, it was kind of like that where they got their windfall, oh. but then. It, they think it's going to last forever, you know, and yeah. then it doesn't. So. Yeah. Oh, and how? And then just to even have to shell out all that money to begin with to have a lawsuit. Well, yeah, and even just the um, psychological and emotional toil that you go through whenever yes. you are in. Like, oh. if you're some lady in Africa and you're suing freaking Disney. Oh, come on. Right. Good luck. Good luck. So oh. it was difficult for them. Man, well, I'm glad they ended up winning. That's interesting. There's also, and, there's a documentary on Netflix right now that I haven't watched yet, but it keeps coming up in, like, my recommendations about a jazz musician that they say sold his soul to the devil. Have you heard this? Hmm. No, I don't think I did. So he's like a a young guy who had a lot of, I don't know, mental health problems, played the guitar, but not very well, and then disappears for like two years, maybe even less time. Maybe it was like okay. eight months, and then comes back, and he's insanely good. Okay. And, and then like his whole life starts to fall apart, and the people around him start, like all this bad stuff happens, but it's all, they, they like this, the, this story is... Where did he go in those that however long he was gone? And like, did he really sell his soul to the devil? What? So I'm gonna have to watch that. Oh my god! Yeah. Really? It looks. It looked like it ca- I was surprised. This I thought this was the one you were gonna talk to me about because it totally looks like something you'd be into. <laughs> and I am. Yeah. And it just seems so mysterious. Like and oh, it looks so good. Yeah, it's like a mystery. Yeah. But also includes the. L- That's also why I like Lion Sleeps Tonight one is because I love when they go into like musical theory and how a song is created yes, and yes. melody. And do you remember when there was that lawsuit where um, I think it was other members of Creedence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. suing John Fogarty saying oh. he copy or what's the word plagiarized himself? What? Can you do because, that? Because like. Well, they're trying to say. I that hope the you song can't because too there much are like, a lot of papers that I have definitely copied my own works. <laughs> it's like it's not well, plagiarizing when it's my own words from another paper, right? Well, there are people who say that that's unethical and that you should, even if it's yourself, you should cite where you said it before or oh, something. Yeah, but regardless, 
Credence was saying like his John Fogarty songs sounded too much like the Credence songs, but the Credence songs were written by John Fogarty. Yeah, what the heck? Mm-hmm. So it's a weird. So who thing won that? The, John Fogarty won okay, that one. Good. good. <laughs> good. Man, but bad blood I with think the Credence Clearwater Revival people. What, what did you say? Like bad blood there. Right. I'm trying to think of, yeah, why they would. Maybe it was, I don't know. They don't like each other, huh? <laughs> right. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is weird. Yeah. But John Fogarty won and he did not plagiarize himself, it they would, said. It would be like if you, if I went out and started a podcast after this one and then you sued me <laughs> for sounding too much like Sarah from the Brain, Brain Candy, Candy podcast. Yeah. I'm like, well, that was 50% my voice. <laughs> Yeah, like you think of the law as being something that's pretty clear cut. But when it comes to who owns an idea, intellectual property, yeah. um, musical, what's, what makes a song a song? Is it the th- three bars in a row that sound the same as this other song? Or is it the essence? Or, what is you know the what ru- I mean? What is the rule on that? Do you know? Well, I think they take each one individually. Because like, do you remember when... Um, the estate of Marvin Gaye sued Robin Thicke who, oh. and uh, Pharrell for using the Blurred music lines. from, yeah, yeah, in Blurred Lines. Yeah. And they had taken it from the Marvin Gaye song, um, that got, escapes got, me with the name Got of to it. Give It Up. Got to Give It Up. Yes, yes thank which you. is one of my favorite songs of all times. And then I was mad when it Blurred Lines sounded like it because I hate the message of Blurred Lines. It's well, about in, Marvin not in consensual sex, people. Do you think that? Absolutely. Blurred lines. Well, I mean, I agree. I'm just the whole song. It's like the whole thing is like, you know, you want it. Like basically like. What was their argument, though, that it was just like, it's just flirtation or something? I don't know. But whatever it is, is not a good argument. I don't, I hate, I'm not, I hate it. I think it's so, nope, 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 not happy. No, no rape culture. No rape culture. Boo. like that. Boo. But yay, Marvin Gaye. (laughs) Yeah, and Marvin Gaye's estate won that one too. Because it was the same song. Yes, it totally is. But I think it can be, the blurred lines truly are about what makes a song a song and what makes you a plagiarist or not. Like, you know, Ed, Ed Sheeran's, um... There's a song that he recently did that's got the same, I don't know if it's the beat, the melody, whatever you call it, you would know better than me, from No Scrubs by TLC. Yes. And he had to put- And then he gave the money to them. Yes. He had to add their add a, a credit. And I swear when mm-hmm. I play it, I can hear No Scrubs, but Landon says he can't, and he thinks that that's dumb and that they, he, he can't even hear it at all. Well, I, I can it, hear it, what, but then it's one of those you things. You know when like, the singer is like, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. But then I'm like, okay, I don't does think he it was intentional. Care? I don't think so either. Yeah. There are a lot thing. of songs that and, sound like, I'm like, mm. Well, and that happens with comedy too, where you might not even realize you heard the joke before and that you're stealing. Because yes. things get lodged in your brain and you might not know where they came from. Right. But you, you're accidentally stealing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure way, I've done that. After we're done here, I want to reward you with a little sip of our new Fit Vine wine. Have you heard of this? No, but I'm in. Oh, you are going to love this. I, I 
almost seem like this is too good to be true. So you know how like you drink wine and then you regret it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that feeling. It's the week after well, my graduation and I'm celebrating with everybody that I hang out with. I'm oh, really regretting it. <laughs> well, maybe you should crack open one of these because it's delicious and satisfying, but zero headache in the morning. Excuse me. What? Yes. It's like witchcraft. It's full alcohol wine, but it contains less sugar and fewer oh, of the yes. sulfites. No, oh, I'm going to have to give this a taste test. Right? And I had always joked with how, you know, I try to buy organic and I do my best at keeping organic stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. But like with wine, it was like a freaking free for all. Yeah. I'll bet you And her this off. is lab tested for pesticides, mold, arsenic, oh, and glyphosate. And the good news is Fidvine Wine is available nationwide at Whole Foods, Albertsons, Total Wine, Kroger, your local liquor store, or you can get it um, at fitvinewine.com and you receive 10% off your order when you use our promo promo code BRAINCANDY10. Shipping is free when you order a case or more. And oh, yes. I'm just so excited. Done and right, done. No. Okay. Okay. A but case of something like, I'm already going to be drinking? Yeah, I'll order that. They say that it's perfect for people that are into fitness and want to have guilt-free wine without sacrificing your workout the next day. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to try this. Mm -hmm. Cheers to that. Cheers. Uh, Okay, moving on. I wanted to make sure I told you about that documentary. Um, And and about the wine. (laughs) What do you you think about the Free Britney scandal? Oh, I don't know about this scandal. Well, have you seen the hashtag and stuff? No, I haven't. I've totally missed out on all this. Well, remember when mm. she had her breakdown, of yes, course, Britney Spears, and shaved her head and all that jazz. I always say dad, that the older I get, the more and more I go, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Me too. I, I get it, Brittany. I've yeah, had that moment same. where I look and I'm like, I can just grab scissors right now, cut off all my hair. I'll just have it crazy. Then maybe somebody will listen. I know. Well, it's the same thing as how we clean our house to soothe ourselves. Like, yes. it's cleaning. She was basically cleaning off her body. Yep. Oh, um, my God. Okay. Yeah. But then her dad became the conservator of her estate and her behavior. Which is not an easy thing to do. No. That is not. And it's evidence that there was a big problem. Yes. And the courts are not just inclined to, they they really try to keep Keep people autonomous. Yes. 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 So you have to, you could that, yep, yep, yep. You Mm -hmm. get it. Well, her situation, how however, is unusual. And I was under the impression that everything was going well because she seems like something similar to her real self. You know, I mentioned recently that when I saw her carpool karaoke there, she did seem melancholy, but I didn't take it as she needs help. I thought of it as, you know, she's been through a lot and she's getting older and all that. Yeah. But then this free Britney thing came into my world and I'm starting to think that something's really wrong there because Uh she now is, she was taken into rehab in January and for for like exhaustion, mental health type stuff. And she now said to the judge that she was placed in there against her will, forced to take medicine and she doesn't want her dad to be her conservator anymore. Oh, I okay. I believe that. Oh my God. Oh my God. And she's the only person in America that has a conservator who 
is still able to earn a ridiculous amount oh. of money. Like usually these people can't really right. earn money. Oh my God. She's this is the something. only one. She needs to get a conservator who doesn't have any financial, any, anything to be gained. She needs like a, uh, yes. Like a, uh, somebody without an interest. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, an advocate, like a, yeah. Oh my God. And I know and how like fucked up tweet- parents can be like that. Like, yeah. And she- like, I believe I'm with Bri- I'm on the hashtag. Side. Yeah, because and I also heard that like when you tweet or write about it, sometimes her mom and brother will like when people talk about free Britney because they want her to get out. Oh, like the dad is the problem. Okay, this is a thing. Yes, dude, and I think it's so probably worse than whatever we think it is. Like, when she walked used to out of the courtroom. Guy. Barefoot though, right? And it scares me. Like, is she being medicated in a weird way? Okay, I gotta look or up not this hashtag enough? right now. <laughs> Sarah's on the case. I am on the case. Wow, I'm gonna have to listen. Yeah. There are there are other podcasts about this. There, are, yeah, yes, I'm gonna have to. Yes. I'm gonna have to listen to all this. And people go to the courtroom with signs, free Britney and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, listen and to I this think- tweet. Britney's allowed to stand in the middle of pyrotechnics, do aerial acrobatics without a net, and fly 60 feet in the air on cables, but running her own personal affairs is far too dangerous for someone of her capacity. Hashtag free Britney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yep. She says she just wants her life back and to be able to drive and stuff. <gasps> oh, my God. <sighs> it's crazy like a cult. Yeah, it seems like that. And if you think about, like, she, the whole time where she was supposed to be building her identity, becoming autonomous, like being able to make decisions for herself, mm-hmm. she was being run by parents, producers, managers. She didn't have any of that. So it's almost like a, um, like you try and you can't, and then you try and you can't, so you stop trying. It's like learned helplessness. And, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yep. And it makes you question your own sanity, too. Yeah. When everyone's saying, you're not well, you're not well, take this medicine, get into rehab, all that, then there are probably moments where you're like, wait, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, you start to not know what's real. Of course. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. It's scary. And then, with all, it's one of those things where, like, everybody else is after you or wanting a piece of you and they don't know the real you so the one the people in your life even how no matter how fucked up they could be they are maybe hint at seeing the real you or like no you know they were with you since the beginning you feel like you'll take whatever you can get because at least they're not these you know vultures who are like in the public who are, mm-hmm. want a piece of her. You know what I mean? That's, I did a bad job explaining yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you'll just. Isn't that yeah, sad? You'll just take any, take whatever you can get. Whether she is sort of being controlled um, unnecessarily or if she is really sick enough to need that, either way, it's sad. Yeah. Because I do see fun. a little bit of that. It's it's not even melancholy. I know what you're saying. It's like a hollow. Yes, it's like you're checked Mm -hmm. out. Like she, she's not there. And I don't know if that's medication. It almost seems like a lithium kind of like 
I don't know, like Side what you'd be situation. on if you had like bipolar disorder. Which she might have that and she may need yeah. certain medication, but it does feel like something ain't right with this situation. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, hashtag free Britney. <laughs> We're on board. Super on board. It took like two paragraphs for me to be like, oh yeah, yep. <laughs> she needs to be freed. Oh my God. Cause I went to one of her shows in Las Vegas uh, probably like 10 years ago How now. was it? Not good. <gasps> yeah why because she was out of it yeah it was when he, she yeah. first ju- like came back on the scene before it was, she had a before she had a uh like a standing show at vegas you know who did you go with it was for mtv it was we were there for an mtv event and um it was like the one time i actually felt like an mtv celebrity because they had us with all the people from like mtv news and uh the Jersey wow. Shore, and I got to hang out with like all the cast members from the Jersey Shore. Like I did that one time, and <laughs> yeah, so claim to fame. Which people. one did you get along with? Oh uh, no, you know who was great was um, uh, was it Polly? No, not Polly DJ Polly D. D. The other one, the one who's situation. Nope, the other one. He's like real normal <laughs> looking. Anymore. Crap, he's not the big guy. He's Polly's. He's Polly's friend. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Oh, well, it the makes other sense, one. Though that the least memorable. Yeah, one he was just totally normal. normal and nice and polite and really respectful. I'm like, yeah, he's great. Aww. The heck is his name? Who knows? It's, you forget him so soon. You forget because he was normal. <clears throat> yeah, I well, don't know. T- some. Something else that's normal is wanting to have a baby. That is normal. I want one of those. (laughs) Sarah wants to have one. And now, thanks to Modern Fertility, there is a comprehensive fertility hormone test for women that does not cost a million dollars. I'm so excited about this. Well, thank goodness. Did you take your test? No, not yet because I keep... I keep missing yeah, you my keep window. Missing the window. Yeah. Gosh, I have to pay attention to that. Well, I mean, it's only been one month, so. What? I took mine. I took mine. Oh, I, how'd it go? Uh, so you just do this little tiny finger prick, you know, like you would for diabetes type of stuff. You get a little bit of blood and then you send it off and they test it and they send you your results and everything's ship shape in there. That's I, what I found out. Oh, Sue's good. You should try to have another baby. <laughs> Do you know I, know. I was going to say that? Can you, yeah, because can you imagine the shit show if both of us got pregnant? Oh, my God. Oh, okay, we should just try to do that again. (gasps) You know what? Maybe that's, like, what was supposed to happen all along. Maybe. Because we talked about that before. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would die. We could both be miserable together. Yes, let's use our modern fertility so I can find out the health (laughs) of my my insides, too. Here's the scoop. Um, It's a fertility hormone test which aren't covered by insurance. So usually you'd pay 1500 bucks for this. It's just 159 bucks. And they give you a full report about how many eggs, you know, do you have more eggs than normal? Do you have fewer eggs than, than average? Um, what could you expect from IVS or egg freezing? How are your hormone levels relating to like PCOS? Um, and you're just general hormone health. It's just so great that you can do this and be affordable and find out what's going on in your body, whether you want kids or not. It's just good to know. Um, and they have a, a deal for you guys that 
is to take the fertility quiz and you get $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com slash brain candy. So take that fertility quiz and you get $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com slash brain candy. So well, maybe I'll start there with my fertility quiz. Yeah, take the yeah. quiz. I think after all that grad grad school testing, I was like, don't test me on anything else. And now I'm, I've been out <laughs> of it for a week and I'm like, God, I missed some testing. Give me a I quiz. Need a I need a quiz right now. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. Do that. And maybe everyone will get pregnant and we'll be responsible for a brain candy baby boom. Baby boom. Oh my God, the smartest babies. We'll just come out with onesies like crazy. Okay, Sarah. Yes. We have a guest. Well, we I have love two, some guests. two actually, Ooh. a double whammy. And these I... are the kind of guests that when they come over, you don't have to clean your house for them. <laughs> right. This is the best kind of guest. And um, I feel like these guests are especially wouldn't care because of the show that they That's host. right. Catherine and Mara host a show, a podcast, which I was, I think it's funny that I'm not a podcast person. Like I don't get into them. That's but so this weird. One, I know it makes no <laughs> sense, but uh, this podcast is my favorite. It's called 714 Delaware Street. And here's what's so awesome. Both of these women are academics. They met in grad school. I, I, I th- one of them has a PhD, and I think maybe the other one has a master's, but she might have a PhD too. But regardless, they're academics and they're brilliant, but they are applying their scholarly brains to mm-hmm. unpacking the original Roseanne series yes, and the, the Connors and the reboot. And it is so fun. I love Roseanne. You, were you always a fan? You were, right? No, I was like later. Okay, okay. You were a late bloomer. Yeah. yeah, I was a late Roseanne bloomer. Yes. And I grew up with the show. I loved it because I grew up poor. And that was the only show really where people had the same income that my family did. Yeah. And I liked seeing that. That's when we say representation matters. This is kind of what it felt like for me where I was like, hey, they yeah. have shitty furniture too. too. Right. And their dad's, a, you know, blue collar worker and all that. Um, I wish my mom were a little more like Roseanne, but um, but now they actually share political. political yeah, I was going to say, maybe more like than different these days. <laughs> anyway, I just want to encourage everybody to check out 714 Delaware Street. It's on iTunes. It's just really fun. And they don't just look at Roseanne. They look at pop culture and other sitcoms. And I love it. Things we grew up with watching and they talk about the jokes. And it's fun, but it's also serious. And I just wanted to elevate these women because it's fun to support women doing yes. cool stuff. So yes. let's bring talk. them on out. Bring them on. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Catherine and Mara from 714 Delaware Street. Right, ladies. Pressure's on. I have a lot of questions. Thanks so much for coming on Brain Candy Podcast. I'm honored. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) So (laughs) I am a huge fan of 714 Delaware Street Podcast, which is all about Roseanne. And I think it's so fun. And I'm dying to know, first of all, the genesis for the idea. How did you guys decide to do this project? Do you want to answer that, Mara? (laughs) Sure, I can answer it. So, um, well, Catherine and I have known each other for a very long time now, I think over 10 years. And yeah. we met in graduate school and I I studied film studies and she studied literature, but we were in a lot of the same courses and we ended up in a television studies course together. And of course, that led to us discussing Roseanne. We both love of course. it. <laughs> and so right. over, over like our whole time of knowing each other, we 
talk occasionally about Roseanne, but then we were at our friend's wedding, I guess it was a year ago, and we started talking about the reboot and how much we liked it and just like the different issues that were coming up at the time. And we were like, we should totally have a podcast. There may have been alcohol involved in this conversation. <laughs> there was definitely alcohol involved. I was very drunk. <laughs> I was very <laughs> drunk. I think that's true for the, the beginning of all podcasts. It seems yeah. like it might be, yeah. <laughs> well, I there's been kind of a history of us, you know, ending up in a corner talking about television at parties anyway, because we both <laughs> kind of have a like a, a love for the sitcom genre, yeah. which isn't necessarily that, um, I think, common amongst academics. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to talk about dramas, The Wire, et cetera. And I'm like, have you seen The Middle? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right, right. So you bonded over this shared love of sitcoms and especially Roseanne. Yeah. And yes, then you definitely. made this drunken deal to make a podcast, but then you actually went through with it. And what was your vision for, here's what we want the show to be, or the podcast to be? Uh, Catherine? (laughs) I don't even even know if we have a vision yet. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we're going on 30 Mm -hmm. episodes-ish, recorded, not necessarily posted. And, uh, And still, I think we kind of play it by ear every time. Our first few, I want to say our first two or three episodes, we... Uh, kind of just talked about the episodes up close and we did a little too much of, and then, and then this happens and then she says this and then, oh my God, you, and then she's wearing this shirt, which is still really fun, but we've kind of loosened up and just started talking about like uh, concepts and characters and just, I think the vision a little bit is to reconcile mm-hmm. our love of this show and the fact that I, I, I almost feel like I grew up in the house. Yeah, me too. Um, mm-hmm. With, you know, what's happened with, of course, uh, the star mm-hmm. and all of what she's about um, or has become about. And sort of reconcile the age-old question of, like, what do you do when the artist uh, of art that you love is problematic? Yeah. Um those kinds of things. So we do ask questions about that along the way um, because we're invested in being anti-racist, anti-homophobic, anti-transphobic, et cetera. Um, but we also just love the show. So we end up giggling a lot. <laughs> well, it, it makes me giggle and I'll be listening with my headphones on and my husband will be in the room and he's like, what are you listening to? But when you guys do go through the old episodes and re uh, redo the jokes it makes me laugh all over again because they're so right. freaking funny i know there's so many great lines it's like it's yeah. hard for us to resist quoting them i'm glad that you enjoy that and you're not like it, okay that's i love it the show. those are my yeah. favorite ones good yeah well we love doing it because of that stuff and you know discovering because we're looking more closely at it that you know, the writing, unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. um, of the original series is done by some of the most prolific TV writers who have become some of the most successful um, TV writers and producers, showrunners, creators uh, in TV history, right? So, like, Amy Sherman mm-hmm. Palladino yeah. and Judd... Um, Joss Whedon. 
John mm-hmm. Sweden, thank you. <laughs> Those guys. So, um, you know, it's, I sit younger and all of that. It surprises me, though, when I think about the legendary sort of strife that existed on set at that time with the writers yeah. and Roseanne and producers. And it surprises me that they were able to make such a high quality product given the turmoil that they were apparently in at the time. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I think it definitely surprised me when I read about all of this. And, and one of the reasons we want to do the podcast, or one of the reasons we bonded over Roseanne was that I actually wrote my master's thesis on Roseanne. Oh my God, I have um, to read it. <laughs> you know, people amazing. want to read it, but I don't know. I feel like it's a little boring. There's no read, way. But... I'd be so into it. Well, yeah, I can send it on over. But um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, I read all of this stuff about it. The, the whole concept of it. I won't go too far into it, but like, you know, it, it talks a lot about just the struggle of Roseanne trying to achieve her vision in this really restricting genre, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the family sitcom and the conventions of it are so overbearing that yeah. and antiquated. Um, yeah, and so, but I do think like really, Roseanne drove a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, although you can see in the early seasons that the point of view isn't as strong. And I think that's because of all the difficulties with head writers before the show was really successful and Roseanne was able to get her way more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the end, it's just like so clear that she's like wielding her authority over the show in ways that are, you know, in like season six and seven, five, six and seven are like amazing. Um, But then it (laughs) kind of goes, it goes a little weird toward the end. Um, Mara has an amazing theory about that that you have to read. Oh, t- oh will you give me a preview? Because I'm dying to know. Sure. Well, yeah, my whole theory. So my thesis is largely about season nine, which is everyone's least favorite season of Roseanne. Yeah. It's totally, in, it's totally off the wall because they win the lottery yeah. and then they have all these guest stars and Roseanne is like Rambo in one episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So basically my theory was, you know, Roseanne went through all of these struggles with the network and even into the time when the show was really successful, where they didn't want to let her tell the stories, you know, of like working class people and like they didn't want her to tell it from a woman's perspective and they wanted her to tone down all these different things. And basically I thought season nine was her saying, oh, okay, now I'll give you what you really wanted, Mm -hmm. which is this sitcom about like, a very affluent family and they go on all these trips and there's like all these event episodes, you know, um, has she alluded to that? Uh, no, (laughs) I love it. My own, (laughs) my own interpretation. Cause I always thought that it was the opposite where she had removed all the dissenters, people that fought with her so much that she wasn't able to get critical feedback. And so then, she didn't have anyone saying, this is ridiculous, don't do it. But your theory <laughs> is far more interesting. Yeah, my theory is more trusting of Roseanne Barr <laughs> right. as a person. I'm not sure that, you know, we should trust her. But, <laughs> well, but yeah, I think um, one, of the, one of the reasons that I thought that was because the show is so, it references television conventions constantly and it's oh, always okay. referencing like old sitcoms and things and, so she's clearly obsessed with television 
and like television tropes and there's yeah. a lot of those that come up in season nine so okay that's know. interesting all right i look forward to delving into that more when i get my copy of your business <laughs> <laughs> but how do you um feel about the reboot people will want to know because obviously you're very nostalgic about the original show and did it for you hold up in the reboot edition yeah, well, and well one thing I wanted of, oh sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Mara. Um I think it kind of depends on if you're talking about season ten or if you're talking about the Connors. And mm. I think both have their merit. Um I actually we uh talked in um a, a couple of episodes about how we felt like the Connors season one actually sort of reflected a more conservative viewpoint mm-hmm. than season ten mm. with um Roseanne Barr. And I, we didn't want to like delve into each individual episode of season 10 because there's something a little too, that affords her a little too much legitimacy doing that. And right now um, I'm mad at her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like really, really mad at her. So, um, but there's no denying she's like, she's a great actress and the character is still really interesting and, you know, as much as we hate it, there is some sense that, you know, a shift to the right is a possibility for a character like Roseanne Connor. Yeah. And they yeah. did it kind of honestly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah. And going back to the question about how we started the podcast, you know, we when we were talking about doing it, Roseanne hadn't, you know, tweeted her yeah. racist comments yet. And like the whole fallout hadn't happened. So we were like, talking about how much we actually really liked the reboot and we thought it was really interesting. And then the whole thing happened and we were like, oh man, can we still do it? But we thought that it would be a good idea to talk about, you know, how Roseanne's actions affect our our interpretation of the show, but how it's still worth talking about and how it's still like a good... I mean, it still has its merits, basically. Does the, the fallout recently with Roseanne affect how you're, you process your enjoyment of those reruns from back in the day, or is it sort of separate? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things we wanted to do was be, you know, have something of a critical eye. Obviously, we're really celebratory about a lot of the classic episodes, but to look for, you know, and and be truthful about things in the old series that may be pointing to this kind of like conservative bent or this that could be potentially problematic. Yeah. And did you discover anything? Some things. There's a sort of imperiousness to Dan sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a real sort of, there's a vein of narcissism in Roseanne Connor that sometimes points to, you know, just the unapologetic, like, non-reflective way that Roseanne Barr has dealt with, you know, criticism about her shift to the right, too. So sometimes, yes, but sometimes it's just like, I feel like I'm watching my mom when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. The nostalgia is so rich. Yeah. Well, and, and like Catherine said, like the reboot, one of the things that I think we've discussed personally, not on the podcast, but that we liked about the original reboot was that it it was kind of emotionally realistic like for a lot of people who have 
maybe a parent who's yeah. become like a Trump supporter who used For to be sure. more like progressive. And it's really shocking. And how do you reconcile that with someone that you love and you thought you understood, you know? Oh, believe me, my mom's here right now and I'm feeling it. I'm lucky she didn't bring her MAGA hat with her on this trip. Um, But that's really hard for a lot of people to deal with, but you still love that person. And I do feel like that about Roseanne. Yeah, the thing, I have a ton of very conservative family members too. Um, You know, I'm from Colorado and a big chunk of my family are Mormon and Mormons are generally really conservative. Um, The the support of Trump is weird to me because Mormons are so conservative in these specific ways. Um, but like, it's, it's a shock with Roseanne because I grew up with her as someone who was sort of like a, a lefty icon, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, uh, LGBTQ friendly or so we thought you have to leave the T out of that. Yeah. Um, and right. Something that we've come to realize. Um, but she also had, you know, some, uh, I would call for the 90s anti-racist episode. You know, she was such a feminist. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, I remember when she sang at the national anthem. Well, she sang the national anthem, not at it. Um, but, she, right. you know, my my conservative family were, were ready to tar and feather her. Right. For that, <laughs> you know? And so now there's this shift. Um where, you know, she's become the opposite of who I thought she was. Yeah. And um and so the loss there almost hurts more than knowing that my family members who are always conservative yeah. uh are Trump supporters because of course they are. I'm not surprised by that. That's how that works, you know? Yeah, but so she seems to have one, changed, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. You know what you just made me think of is when she did the national anthem thing and, you know, obviously there was the backlash, then she at some point came out and said, oh, that's what that wasn't what I was doing. She had like an excuse for why it sounded like that and whatever. But then she kind of did the same thing with the tweet where she put out something that to most people seemed racist. And then now she's insistent that it wasn't meant that way and that she meant something completely different. Do you think this is just a pattern where she does the thing and then changes the story of why she did it or what? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I don't think she, well, I think she's so prideful. You know, there's so much now, like before Trump was getting big, she was still, she was already a conspiracy yeah. theorist online, you yeah, know, yeah. and she was, you know, very often talking about, um, you know, the global pedophilia ring and things like that, which <laughs> I mean, she talks I don't about know a if lot. that's real. I think, I don't think there has to be a ring for there to be a global epidemic of people being awful Exploited, and gross. Yeah. 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 But, um, but maybe there is, and you know, I, I'm naive or something, but, um, there's like a, I forgot what I was saying, actually. Well, how she, you said before Trump, she was even getting into that. And we were trying to decide, like, does she say do these things and then change the story oh, of yeah. how it happened? Or did right. she mean it that way all along? I don't know. Well, I think she has, right. yeah, she has a history of telling different stories. Yeah. I mean, like, we, I think we spoke about this on the podcast, but we... She has two different autobiographies and they tell completely (laughs) different stories about her life, you know? Yeah. And the, and the, 
idea is, well, you know, she's finally ready to tell the truth in her second autobiography, but, you know, it's not really clear which one is truthful and how truthful it is and, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. It's a, it's a very yeah. odd thing, but what she has created with Roseanne is really special and I'm so glad you guys celebrate it and then apply the critical thinking and, you know, the lens of, you know, progressivism to all of the things that she's done before and, and now with the reboot. Um, I was wondering, Lori Metcalf is a national treasure. Can we just say that before we? Oh, oh yeah. She's the best. <laughs> she's I mean, amazing. She's amazing. Everything she does is the best and I love her with all my heart. Do you guys have a particular episode that's always been like the one that you love the most or does it change for you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it kind of changes because they're they're very they're heavier episodes that yeah. I really love, and then there are sort of funnier ones, you know, that I'll always remember. But I do really like the, I mean, the very heavy Jackie episodes where you know she's in the abusive relationship, and when Dan grabbed that jacket to go kick that guy's ass, I mean, yeah, I was real happy. Oh, oh yeah, because I wanted to have someone That's... like Dan to kick someone's ass for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was when Dan used his violence sparingly and only for good, which we yes. talk about in the Connors is something that is really problem funny. with Dan's character. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's, oh, um, he's having some aggression issues, which, of course, we forgive him for. He just lost his wife. Yes, um, true. But, yeah, like, in the old days, Dan's size was something that everyone talked about and people, like, were, like, intimidated by, but he never really, like, wielded his... Yes. the enormity of his body um except for that one instance where it's like this is the exact reason to have a dan you know yes. yeah exactly um, so yeah i, I like those, those episodes. episodes sorry <laughs> no that's okay i love those episodes um as far as jackie i think the one where she sleeps with arnie uh it, my why god jackie that is becomes so a trucker. funny oh my god yeah it's just uh, so and good. And the one where they smoke pot. Yeah. Which we're planning <laughs> to talk about soon. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait. That's such a good one. Um, okay. Now, moving on. Do you, what are your plans moving forward? Because you say you're finding your groove now. And as the show continues, because the Connors got renewed, right? I, I believe so. so. I yeah. think so too. They got picked up. So you're going to carry so. on and you're going to watch the Connors and unpack the episode still i think that's the plan so. mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i hope it was we weren't totally thrilled with the connors but you, it's interesting I hate it yeah. there was a lot to critique i felt especially because it's new and there's everything's new to me and i don't hold it in the same kind of regard in my heart yeah. as the original series i'm able to be more critical i'm sure that people who are watching roseanne for the first time ever you know um because it's you know it's available for streaming and of course people are watching it because she's you know in the news yeah. and stuff uh probably have ways to pick it apart um that i don't but with the connors it's so new and it's it's got big shoes to fill mm -hmm. i think they're doing a decent job um, but there are some things that I, I haven't loved. So. Yeah. Would you be willing to have some of the cast on your show, do you think? Or do you prefer to keep it just a crit critical eye? 
I think we would have people I think on. We would. Yeah, I yeah. I, we actually have a friend who knows Lisey Gorenson, and he was like, "You should have her on." And we were kind of scared. Well, <laughs> really? She would probably do it, right? Probably. Well, um, she probably would. Uh, Matt Schatz is the guy who wrote our intro music, um, mm, and he's a playwright. It. Yeah, so uh, he knows he knows her through, you know, stage productions and things like that. Yeah, let's make yeah. this yeah. happen. I know I think we she's should. aware of it. Really? Yeah, I think we were hoping that we could get some listeners, like some episodes under our belt, and then we <laughs> might think about it. You know, right? Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, I mean, I Michael Fishman follows me on Twitter, so I can I can send a good word to him. Oh, perfect! If you want to have him on, um, but that's all I've got in the way of connections um i did i should tell you though this bit of trivia i did um i used to host a podcast with jake pentland who is roseanne's son and we would broadcast (laughs) live and one time we were on and i was talking about catholicism and the pope and stuff and i'll be damned if roseanne didn't call in and she yelled and she said jake quit quit talking and let the smart lady talk and she meant (laughs) me you guys she meant me that's so awesome. But that's all I got. Otherwise, wow. I, I'm just living ah. through you guys, too. Well, <laughs> Maybe she she'll call your show. Susie. <laughs> I know. Right. I wish we had a way for people to call our show. Maybe we should start advertising that. We need a I'm hotline. Sure <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it happen, though. We'll start like a campaign to get people on if you want guests. But otherwise, I think I'm excited for people to just listen to your show and hear the way that you describe the episodes you are so joyful about the things that you love but you also point out the things that aren't the best and analyze how it's evolved over time and i just think it's a brilliant thing that you're doing and i hope people love it well thank you so much is there else you want to add before we go um well yeah if you do listen you'll have the joy of hearing mara giggling it's the best one of my favorite things <laughs> in the entire world. Well, she's she's the funny one. And so, like, every time That's she laughs, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah, it is funny as well. I feel like we've talked about a lot of serious issues today. But we talk a lot about a lot of pop, pop culture, not just Roseanne. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of TV yeah, discussions. And, Mara, I think you aren't – isn't there, like, other sitcoms you're super into that you, like, always bring up? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I love that, too, because I, I love I talk them. a lot about who's the boss. Yeah, 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 who's the boss. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone's, if that's the only reason you listen, I'll try and throw something out there for people who are into who's the boss. I just think it's great when really smart women can talk about things that everyone puts in the category of pop culture and is therefore unworthy of, you know, higher art criticism. I just love that yeah. you're doing the thing that I crave and I find so rare. So I just keep up the good work. And it is funny. It's not all serious biz, I should say. You're right. It is super funny what you guys do. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah we're, we're really having we fun with it. it. Yeah, and it's nice for us because we, we're friends and we don't live in the same place. So we get to talk to each other like every week or two weeks and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and you invite no, all of us to like join It's like a in. hangout. I know. Yeah. I feel like I hang out with you guys. <laughs> Uh, and now I actually am, so this is super fun. Um, but you're off the hook, and um, we'll have everybody listen to 714 Delaware Street. Are you guys on iTunes and 
everything yeah. or okay so you're on the various podcast players yeah i believe so yeah itunes i don't think we're on spotify are oh my gosh we gotta get you on there i think you have to like <laughs> it's like a whole process it's a pain right, right? but you're on okay, itunes we'll get on spotify yeah make it happen all the all the outlets <laughs> we have to like distribute worldwide man yeah <laughs> i hope so <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. And um, everyone listening, please be sure to tune in and subscribe to 714 Delaware, Delaware Street Podcast. It's so fun, especially if you love Roseanne, but really for pop culture enthusiasts and smart women and everybody. It's great. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.